This episode was brought to you by Platinum Physical Therapy and X Endurance. More on that later. Ask the question, what, instead of why? Like, what can I learn from this instead of why is this happening to me? I find that challenging myself to be a student of what season I'm in elicits gratitude and vice versa. When I'm more grateful, I'm also more prone to ask what instead of why is this happening? That was Abby Cooper, and this is the Running on Ohm podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to or welcome back to the Running on Ohm podcast. I'm your host, Julia Hanlon, and I am so grateful that you, yes you, you've chosen to tune in today. Here on the Running on Ohm podcast, we feature long-form style conversations with women in endurance sports and in the outdoors. I say this every time and I truly mean it. Although these conversations focus on women's stories in particular, this podcast is for everyone to listen to and for everyone, hopefully, to be inspired and empowered by. In today's podcast conversation, my dear friend and soul sister, Abby Cooper and I come together for our monthly series, Soul Sister Sessions, where we explore listener questions on all things life, sport, relationship, injury. If you're new to Rue or to this series, a little bit about Abby. Abby is a professional distance runner for New Balance, specializing in the 5,000 meters. Abby represented the U.S. at the 2016 Olympics and is currently training to represent the U.S. at the 2021 Olympics. In this conversation, we explore gratitude and injury. Both of these topics are near and dear to Abby and I's hearts as we've both battled our fair share of injuries and we really believe in the power of practicing gratitude daily. We answer your questions on supporting friends that are injured, returning from injury and managing the fears of becoming re-injured, supporting and cheering for friends and teammates when you are the one that's injured, cross-training, and how to make it more enjoyable when you're unable to do your primary sport. What's the difference between injury versus a niggle and how to develop more awareness of this difference? And lots and lots more. At the end of the interview, I also share about some big changes for me personally and for the podcast. So stay tuned till the end of the conversation to hear what's on tap. And as always... We love your feedback. If you have a follow-up question or a question on something entirely different, please submit them at runningandome.com slash soulsistersessions. And if this conversation resonates, consider sharing it with someone you know and that it could be helpful for. Okay, friends, you ready? Let's do this. Let's dive deep with my soul sister, Abby Cooper. This is our 10th month in a row recording together. Oh my goodness. This is a milestone. It feels like a milestone. It's like a 10 mile run, you know, double digits. (laughs) That's like, I feel like the transition from like a normal run to like a long run, like 10 miles could be a long run when you're like, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a big step. It's cool. (laughs) (laughs) So let's start with. My favorite question, which you might already know of, which is, what has been the best part of your day thus far? 
Oh, let's see. Um, well, I did a workout this morning, which was not my first workout. Um, I did like a little something on Friday as well, but today felt like the first week of like real normalcy for me after coming off of a break and some, some base mile weeks. Um, so I, yeah, I really, I enjoyed that. I think I'm, I feel really thankful and proud of myself for like, like not, I mean, I, I went out a little bit too fast, which is something I typically do. I don't know if I'll ever get better at that, but when I started feeling, feeling it, like it was just a fart like today, I was like, okay, instead of like muscling your way through the rest of this, uh, like, let's just focus on your form. Like that's really like constantly a focus for me, but I'm trying to like check in, um, more like in the moment on that instead of like post run. So I, yeah, the bet, like, I just feel proud of my decision to do that instead of worry about the pace. So that was probably my highlight today. That's awesome. So and was far. that workout done on your own or with anyone? Today was on my own. Yeah. I have the joy of training with, with two college teammates right now, Bridget and Alexi. They both had workouts too, but they were on the track. So yeah, we sadly didn't coordinate coordinate today, but that was fine. You know, just starting up, it was pretty short anyway. I love that the win of the workout is what you spoke to. It's not about pace. It was more about posture. And yes. that's such a subtle thing that you would think, okay, like you've been a pro for many years now, but it's still something you're working with. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Now way more. I mean, I never understood like that posture was even relevant <laughs> to my running, you know, like even, even three years ago. Um, but now I'm trying to have more respect for just the impact of like every element of my body and like know my patterns and like what happens to my body when I get tired. And so part of that is strength, but part of it is like, okay, like just, there's like a small switch that I need to make when I, you know, start to kind of uh, like just tilt a little bit. My head goes forward anyway. So I'm trying to just stay present with that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. How about you? I feel like I say this legit every time we record, <laughs> but truly walking my dog is always like the best part of my day. Um, I got to walk my dog this morning with my partner and my dog actually had a little paw surgery a couple weeks ago. So for two weeks he was out of commission and he was injured, which is a topic we'll get to today. So we couldn't take him on any long walks, just, you know, out to use the bathroom. But today he could go on a longer walk and be off leash and run free. And it's just so fun to see him in his natural habitat state of being. And just getting to spend that quality time with my partner unplugged in the morning at the beginning of our work days was just such a gift. Man, that inspires me as somebody who doesn't like my first desire in the world isn't to have a dog. Like seriously, friends of mine have have been like such a game changer for me now. Like, whereas I'd be like, I could go my whole life without one, honestly. Now knowing you and my husband wants one badly, like that it brings you so much joy and inspires me. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing, I don't, I can't think of anything in my life that brings me as much joy as my dog. 
Truly, <laughs> like without a doubt. And this is good. We'll get to our topic is gratitude. But one of um, a practice that I've done since we decided on this topic about like 20 days ago was I've been writing nightly gratitude lists and trying to aim to write 10 items and just for myself. So not sharing them with anyone, my journal. And funny enough, probably five out of the 10 points every day are related to my dog. I'm not kidding. It'll be oh like my seeing him in the morning, like just all these little things he does. And I mean, it's a problem. I'm obsessed with my dog. Oh my gosh. I just think it's amazing you have that, like that you made, because I remember it, it wasn't like, it wasn't maybe a spontaneous decision. Like you guys thought about it, but still it was like, I remember being like, oh my gosh. Like I hadn't heard you talk about this a ton before and then Bodhi arrived. Yeah. And then he just appeared. It was a little spontaneous. That would be another podcast conversation, how we got our dog. But coming into our topic about, we were trying to figure out like, what do we want to talk about this month? And last month we had so much fun exploring creativity and you and I both have had our fair share of injuries. And over the past month, I've been struggling with an injury since my birthday, 50K. I haven't run more than two miles. And it was just a time when I was like, wow, like I was getting really frustrated and having to figure out how I could find presence in my life. And that for me comes through gratitude and a daily gratitude practice through gratitude lists and just kind of reorienting myself. And so I offered that idea to you and you were like, yeah. And so here we are getting to discuss two of our favorite things, injuries and gratitude. Oh yeah. All day, all day. Yeah. What comes up for you when you think of gratitude initially and your relationship to it in your life? Well, I mean, I think this this exercise of practicing our gratitude list for the past 20 days, which I, full disclosure, probably did about half the time. I wish, like, I wish I could report otherwise, but um, was just that it doesn't, it's not it's not reflexive to my heart. Like, and and that's just like the ugly truth of it is like, I wish I could wake up and like immediately the thought that comes to my mind is, oh, to be alive today, you know, but like it just, it, and this is, this really kind of undergirds the importance of the, the gratitude practice is that it isn't, I think probably for most people, supernatural. Um, so yeah, I think my first thought is it's hard. And therefore important. I so appreciate your honesty with that. Yeah, it is It is hard. And I think the more specific, at least, I can get in my gratitude, the more real it is. Like writing the lists, instead of just writing like friendship, I'd write specifically like talking to this friend on the phone today or, you know, bumping into this person or smelling that baked bread or like just getting really specific in our gratitude. Because I think People can speak to a lot, like, be grateful. But then it's like, what specifically, how can you actually harness that in your life in a more tangible way? Oh, that's such a great point. The specificity of it. Because it challenges you, too. You know, it challenges you to, like, do the work that is required to be, like, and it, it keeps you, like, feeling creative about it. I think that was one other thing that came up for me is, like, as I tend to do, like I was almost putting pressure on myself to come up with something different every day instead of being like, I'm grateful for my dog. So I'm going to write again about my dog because that's genuinely what I'm grateful for. And um, 
Yeah, it's something I struggle with with meditation too, is like having an agenda on it. Um, so that's like one thing I'd, I'd like to work on in the future too, is like, just like, yeah, you can challenge yourself to be specific, but whatever comes to mind is what comes to mind. Totally. And let's just check in a little bit more broadly into your life right now. You're in Boulder. You're doing a bit of an altitude stint. You mentioned, obviously, you've done a workout today, which is awesome. What has this time been like for you being in Boulder? And how is your training and life going? Uh, I I am grateful. <laughs> um, well, I just feel, I mean, genuinely, like I, though I haven't been practicing the, the gratitude list as much as I intended to, like, I, I do feel like my heart is singing more with like, wow, like I get to train with two of my old college teammates. Like this trip came together rather last minute, especially for, so I'm staying with Bridget, um, who is, was in the same class uh, as me at Dartmouth and, yeah, we're close friends and hadn't, haven't had the time. Like we've never had extended time like this since college. So that was just such a gift. She's letting me stay at her place. Um, and she's marathon training. So it works out great. Um, and then Alexi was training in mammoth. Um, and as many know, the air was horrible. Like it was fine for a few weeks and then almost overnight, it was like so bad that they couldn't run. So she, uh, literally had to escape from there. And, um, yeah, man, it was like within a few days, thankfully Bridget was kind enough to let her stay here as well. And so she'll, um, have been here for about 10 days by the time she leaves. So we're just like reveling in like nostalgia and memories and, and to, trying to just channel like we were so privileged in college to actually not have any of us really a lot of injury um so we're like just uh remembering like the simplicity and joy of that time while also like honoring what is different about now and like how much harder it has been in a lot of ways really for all of us um but also harnessing like yeah just what it was like to be on a college team and so I think in a nutshell, uh, yeah, I'm just thankful. I'm really thankful that this came together. That's amazing. What sisterhood you all have. That's so beautiful and so, yeah. so much fun. You get to connect and share this time together. That's awesome. Yes. Yes. And tell me the latest about, I know, but let's tell our listeners the latest about your ins and outs of your days. Sure. Yeah. Well, I also realized with gratitude, I mean, this past month has been kind of crazy for me. I've had this injury pop up. I've had like two other kind of crazy health things happen where I had to go to the ER. It's just been a really hard month, honestly, for my health, mental and physical. Um, and I think that's kind of, again, where like practicing gratitude has come in to see what has been good, what has been present. And Something that has been really lovely this month and also challenging is returning back to school. And I'm in my second year of third of, of three years of grad school, and I have my first internship this fall. And that's been really interesting. I'm doing it at a high school, and the high school is completely remote online. And it's been really interesting to just witness, you know, how people do school counseling via Zoom. And also thinking about all the mental health challenges high schools, college students, people have right now because of the pandemic and how isolating and confusing this time is 
especially for people who have more of a capacity to struggle with their mental health. Um, so it's been really fruitful and intense. And for me personally and for just the world at large. And then in our final check-in, I'm going to share some upcoming news for the podcast. But if you're listening right now, you'll have to listen through the whole episode to get there. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, but I really want you to tell the snake story before we get into questions. <laughs> I just thought this was so hilarious. So last week I call you, we're catching up on the phone and all of a sudden you're like, Jules, dot, dot, dot. What happened? Take it from there. Of course, we're in the middle of like an intense conversation as usual. And I'm just, so I'm staying in my friend's basement during like this month that I'm here. Mind you, it's a finished basement. They just had work done on it. It's carpeted. Great. It's a great living space. Okay. So I'm sitting on my bed and we're talking and I just see in the corner of my eye, like right by the doorway, there isn't a door, but there's a, you know, doorway. And I saw on the ground what looked like a drawstring or something from my shorts. And I was like, mm, is that? And then, and then I squinted like, you know, I've it's <laughs> like, I don't know if that's what I'm seeing or not. And um, upon further investigation, I realized it was a small garter snake. I'm pretty sure. But it was a snake. A snake is a snake. And I was like, Jules, uh, well, there's a snake in our basement. Um, I'm staring at it. It's 10 feet away from me. Can I call you back? <laughs> so I proceeded to hang up the phone and climb out the window, um, which is not is kind of something that surprised me, but I'm also really afraid of snakes. So I'm not that surprised. So I climbed out the window and like, uh, Bridget has another roommate who is here working remotely. And I like sprinted up the stairs to the deck and like, went in the house and the deck scared the crap out of him. He's like, what's happening? He was on a zoom call. And I was like, uh, yeah, we have an animal problem. And so he, he um, got off his call and like a boss, he like got a trash can and was like holding it down with a broom. He just in that moment overcame his mutual fear of snakes. And after like whatever, 30 minutes of trying to get it in the trash barrel. He did brought it outside. But after that, we just were like, we could not focus on anything. So we proceeded to snake proof the entire house with duct tape. And so the, the running joke now has been like, we started this business It involves snakes and also duct tape. We need to come up with a name for the business while we're here. So yeah, it was, it was, it was a, a pretty eventful first 48 hours in this house. <laughs> I thought it was just hilarious. You were like, there's a snake and I'm going to climb out the window. Gotta call you back. BRB. And I mean, I would also freak out. I'm not like anytime I see a snake on the trail, I saw a huge snake on the trail in July, I think. And it scared me like huge snake. And then I looked it up later oh. to figure out like what was the the breed I'm forgetting, but some New England water snake that was so scary. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I will, I will like without hesitation, just turn around and like usually not go on that trail for a couple days, which is totally irrational, but <laughs> yeah, it's real. It's like a primal thing. I don't know many people who aren't afraid of them. Yeah. And then the people who aren't, the people who love snakes, I'm just like, I don't understand you. No. Yeah. Yes. I don't get you. <laughs> I have some questions for them. <laughs> exactly. Not to offend any listeners here. Exactly. If you're like, <laughs> A snake lover. Have your snake pet. 
Okay. So let us transition to our questions. And we put a call for questions on Instagram about gratitude and injury and got some really awesome questions. So thank you all. Um, and some of them were, you know, resonated, different people's questions kind of overlapped. So we chose a couple of the ones that a lot of, uh, that kept coming up. So the first one is how to practice gratitude in the midst of injury. Abby, I'll have you start. Such a perfect segue combining both of our topics here. Um, so I, I would say the first thing, as you all know, I'm a person of faith, like, uh, it just is so helpful for me to honor the regular practice every morning of remembering grace. And grace is just another way of saying like everything in your life that you don't deserve. And in my mind, that's everything. <laughs> but um, like it's, you know, like centering myself and like all that I, all that is true and right and good. Um, you know, the reality I believe is that I actually have, despite my circumstances, I really do have everything I need because of the gospel and, and I'm whole and complete because of that. So for me, that's like my grounding. Um, and that immediately like spurs gratitude. Um, but even if you're not a person of faith, I just encourage you all to just think about things in your life that you know, there's certain things that you have that like can be that you like feel like you've earned, you know, like, oh, I had a great workout today. And like, yeah, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. But then there are certain things that like, you know, like the family you were born into and the opportunities you have, and maybe the country that you live in, that you just like, I look at it, and I'm like, I did nothing to earn that, you know? And so just thinking about those things, it's, it's just so humbling. So that that's a practice that's really helpful for me. Um, Another suggestion is just really knowing what times of day or what circumstances under which you really need a reset. Like when are you most susceptible to feeling sorry for yourself? For me, like I, like I said, I don't wake up and like immediately feel grateful. So like that's a time where I need to be grounded and start, you know, with my gratitude list or, um, an evening is another time where you like go through your whole day, your emotions are kind of up and down. That's a, another great time for a reset for me. Sometimes I feel like susceptible to feeling sorry like when I'm, when I'm cross training, like when I'm injured. So, um, incorporating practices, like, you know, if you're aqua jogging, like, you know, dedicate every like mini lap of the pool to like something you're grateful for, or, you know, like just, it's, I think best to incorporate your gratitude practice, like when you're most susceptible to feeling self-pity. Um, and another thing would just be to be wary of comparison. I think that that is something, you know, I struggle with mightily and it fundamentally steals my gratitude. So as we've talked about many times on the podcast, try to eliminate situations that will spark comparison. Um, or, you know, when you inevitably do feel comparative, like combat that um, kind of, uh, instead of going down that path of comparison, combat it with gratitude, like to just kind of like, like redirect your mind. Um, I had a lot for this question. My last one is just to ask the question, what, 
instead of why, like what, what can I learn from this instead of why is this happening to me? I find that being challenging myself to be a student of what season I'm in elicits gratitude. Um, and vice versa. When I'm more grateful, I'm also more prone to ask what instead of why is this happening? It's it's good, I think, and right to ask that question sometimes, but not always helpful to belabor it. So yeah, don't don't spend all your time there, I would say. You have shared so much wisdom to that question of how to practice gratitude in the midst of injury. I only think I have like one thing to add is just focusing on what you can do. You know, being grateful for what you can do with your body or with your mind. Can you read a book? Can you go on a walk? Can you kayak? Can you listen to music? Like, what what can you do that is going to ground you um, and bring you joy or bring you some kind of release? And so, for me, that's a huge, huge part of, like, finding gratitude is gratitude for all of my life that's happening that's beyond my injury. And tuning my awareness and expanding my awareness beyond the injury. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, and then sometimes, and you know, I think we've talked about this too, Jules, like sometimes we feel, I feel at least, um, shame for like when focusing what I on what I can do is hard. Like there's like the reality of that. And then there's a secondary like judgment, like, oh, this shouldn't be hard to focus on what I can do and like guilt for feeling. But like, I would, I would say, give yourself some grace with like, yeah, we're having this podcast discussion because it's hard, you know? So it's okay if you, if you have to like challenge yourself to do that. Let's take a quick break for me to share with all of you about today's sponsor, Platinum Physical Therapy. So I first started going to Platinum PT earlier this year when I was just so sick and tired of having plantar fasciitis and issues that prevented me from running and adventuring. I tried to solve this issue with a lot of different specialists and nothing had worked until I started working with James Cassidy, the founder of Platinum PT, and his approach to my health and running was a complete game changer. Week after week, James addressed my running and injuries holistically, and week after week, I just started to feel better. My running became more and more consistent, and the issues that had plagued me finally started to subside. Well, Platinum PT have three locations just outside of Boston, and their physical therapists work one-on-one with you every step of the way. Being runners themselves makes a huge difference as they really do understand how important it is for athletes to return to the sport they love in a sustainable and healthy way. In addition to physical therapy, Platinum PT have a range of services on offer, like an Alter-G treadmill, strength and conditioning programs, and dry needling. They also have a full telehealth program, so you can be anywhere in the world and gain access to their team of incredible professionals. I just have so much gratitude for James, the entire team at Platinum Physical Therapy, and if you're in an injury cycle right now or you're just looking to build strength and long-term stability, head over to PlatinumPTMA.com for more information on all of their in-person and telehealth services and book an appointment today. Okay, friends, let's get back to our conversation with Abby. Our next question is, how to support a friend who is injured and can't run for both short-term and long-term? 
I'll eco first for this one, Jules. Yeah, totally a tough one. And I feel like in this situation, I've been the friend who's injured a lot (laughs) and haven't been able to run for short term and long term. So I think I'm thinking about this question from being that friend. Um, And I think one of the biggest parts is focusing on your friendship and connecting outside of running. You know, if this person is your running buddy or your teammate, what do you do to love to do together or what is your love language together? You know, and if you don't know what the five love languages are, this is an opportunity to take the test online, get to know it. Yes. It's so, so it's such a fun framework and understanding yourself and your partnerships and your friendships. But yeah, what is your love language together? Is it cooking with this friend? Is it watching Netflix? Is it going on walks? Could you both also be beginners at something together? So if running is something you share, what's an activity you could be a beginner at? So it's like an even playing field. Maybe that's beating. Maybe that's kayaking. <laughs> you know, I think that's so important. Molly Seidel, who's a past podcast guest um, and a total rock star human that we both love, her and I met at a rock climbing gym, actually. And we both started rock climbing together when we were both injured. And that was so fun. I mean, now she's an Olympian, obviously, because we started rock climbing together. <laughs> totally kidding. But I'm just thinking of like, what are, you know, what is a way in which you can connect with someone and both be equals at it? And that's so, that's so important in supporting a friend who's injured and can't run if that's the love language. And then also for me, like just checking in on your friend and honestly asking them, how are you doing? Like giving them a space to talk about it, to grieve the loss of running, whether that's short-term or long-term. You know, just last night I had a phone conversation with my friend, Emma Spencer, who's, I feel like I'm, I don't like to be name dropping, but Emma's also been on the podcast (laughs) and is also a rock star human. And, you know, Emma actually asked me, you know, how I was doing with my injury right now and really took the time and the space to hold space for me in that way Um, and to let me talk about it and just to be with me in that and be with me in the frustration of being an injury. And that is also just a gift to love your friends through the hard times. So go rock climbing. <laughs> just oh kidding. My gosh. Don't go rock climbing. Go beating that if you want to beat. That is awesome. I forgot about that story with, with Molly. Yeah. And I love that advice to really like humble yourself with that person. Like, I mean, what an expression of humility. Like I'm going to... I'm going to be put myself in an uncomfortable position as you are right now. Like, let's do it together. That's so cool. I feel like that's such a mark of true friendship. Yeah. Um, What comes up for you in this question? So, yeah, kind of to um, just expand on what you were saying about, you know, reaching out to them and giving them space to feel and just be honest. I would say like be the, be the pursuer in that, in that under those circumstances, like as we know in relationships, like when you're hurting or yeah, just in some sort of negative space, it like takes a lot of energy to be the one to reach out. So I would just remind everyone like, and remind myself, like, don't assume that this person will reach out when they need help, like be the one to initiate check-ins and Maybe even if they're a person who likes surprises, like maybe surprise them with your support. If they're cross training, like, you know, like go and cheer them on or whatever they're doing. I don't know if that's practical or like send them a little something in the mail, a car even doesn't have to be like a gift necessarily. Um, 
Jules is the queen of this. So the idea came from that. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then I would say in addition to giving them space to feel like at the appropriate time, like after maybe the kind of grieving phase is over of like, this is happening to me, maybe you could ask them like, what are you learning through this? You know, like you have to know the friend. Like sometimes that isn't a helpful question, but um, I think usually when they're in a better headspace, that can be like a helpful prompt to be like, oh, like it can spur gratitude. Like, oh, actually like this is, I've met these people through this time because I've been cross training or I found this excellent practitioner or whatever. Um, I've, you know, been able to spend more time on this hobby. Um, Yeah. So give them that opportunity. And then, For longer term injuries, like one thing that this was like one of the number one pieces of advice I I gave after recovering from ACL is like help that person to instead of like fixing on how much time is left or um, yeah, comparing themselves to where they were before, like help them just focus on their progress, you know, just say like how far like how much more can you do now than you could do the second day of this injury? You know, um, I think it just like, I wish I had people in my life that were doing that with me, you know, and like, um, it just helped me set my expectations accordingly, you know, and helped me remember that like, I'm still pursued and loved, even though I can't do like 50% of what I could, um, before the injury. So yeah, I think questions like that make people feel loved and supported. Yeah, that's so interesting. You speak to the progress. One memory that's coming to mind for me is I visited you in Topsfield after your ACL surgery. And I remember you like being on the couch and you couldn't even like really walk around your house, you know, and to think that here we are in 2020. That was about four years ago. And to think about the progress like you've had and you personally, like Abby, like all the injuries you've had since then, the highs and lows, the peaks and valleys, running the world standard again in the 5K, like that's pretty remarkable to go from being on the couch, not being able to walk about four years ago to now like running and being, you know, back in your form. Oh, thank you, Jules. I received that. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, that's, it's so powerful to reflect on that. And, and like doing so like journaling through that is, is great and important, but when you get to experience it and share it with a friend, you know, like that was so meaningful to me to spend that time with you, um, right after the surgery. Um, because yeah, now you, like you're able to celebrate in a deeper way because you witnessed it, you know? So that's a real gift that you can give friends for sure. Amen to that. So our third question is, how do you overcome the fear of another injury when getting back to running? Oh my goodness. Abby and I have totally been there and we've talked (laughs) to each other about this. We feel you. I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is like having a coach And I realize that that is like definitely a money privilege to be able to, if you're not in college or high school, to pay for a private coach. Um, But there's also like in people's communities, there's a lot of people who will coach, I think, for really low rates and people who might do it for an exchange. But having someone um, to help hold the reins for your running and putting trust in them for your return has been paramount to me and being able to help me 
release the fear of another injury when I'm getting back into running because I'm like, they are, you know, if I'm putting my trust in them, like they're really doing this in a really safe way and a holistic way um, so that I don't get injured again. Because for me, when I'm left to my own devices, I'm more able to make silly choices. And so that's been huge for me. What comes up for you, Abby, in this question? Oh, yeah, that's that's such a great point. Um, honestly, I still struggle with this. So, yeah, this was a good challenge, this question for me, too. Um, I think part of the answer would be, yeah, to trust what whatever team you have. You know, if you don't have a coach necessarily in your life, most everyone, I would, I would guess, has someone who they love and trust who is invested in their training to some degree, whether that's a husband, spouse, you know, friend, it could be anyone, like someone knows that this is important to you and can help you just like troubleshoot when you're working out this fear. So I would just say trust that team, coach, PT, massage therapist, sports psychologist, friend, whatever it is, the people around you who have your best interest in mind. Um, so yeah, I, I would say like where you can outsource like some of the thinking or just work it out with other people. But then I think it's important to have a safe person or people with whom you can process the emotional side of it. Like I'm afraid of this happening again, because it really was like, it was super hard for me, like emotionally when I was injured. And this is why, like, it's not always easy and fun, (laughs) usually not to go through those emotions. But I think that's super important of like, recognizing that this isn't just like, a fear of like putting my body through physical pain. Again, that's part of it, but it's also the emotional pain that I fear. And so just being known and seen in that I think is huge. And then just a practical tip is when I'm first getting back to land running after an injury, it really helps me. I guess this might not work for everyone, but um, I like to stay distracted. Like those first few runs where I'm prone to like be hypervigilant about what I'm feeling which I think it's normal to have some like weird sensations when you first get back to running, like, you know, listen to, listen to music or a podcast, run with a friend. Like I will set up my training session such that I am not like alone and super focused on how my body feels. I think there's a time and a place for that. Um, But doing so helps me to not obsess over little things as my body recalibrates. Yeah. There's a lot of wisdom in all that you shared. I think One thing that really stands out for me is when you spoke to having safe people who you can process the fear of re-injury and that it's not just a fear of a physical fear, it's also the emotional fear. And that's something I totally resonate with. I've had this reoccurring nightmare that's happened for me where I wake up and I'm in in an MRI machine um, getting another MRI because I've had so many stress fractures. And that's that's a nightmare I have often. And so the fear of injury is so, so real on our, on our emotional being as well. And as you spoke to Abby, having like a safe person that you can process that with a friend, a mentor, a partner, um, is also really, really important to be seen and heard in that, in that as well. Um, and to let that yes. fear, just give it voice. Cause I think unless mm-hmm. we give our fears voice, they, they eat us up. And it's scary. It's vulnerable. Like even just saying that right now, I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going to regret telling all the podcast listeners about my reoccurring nightmare? (laughs) You know? And then it's like, okay, this is my humanness. This is my vulnerability. This is me being real. And in that, I actually like the fear 
loses some of its power. Exactly. Exactly. You out it. Yes. Yeah. We really, I really appreciate you sharing that. It's like dreams have so, so much power to tell us like what's, you know, most powerfully on our heart. <laughs> That's crazy, Jules. Oh. Yeah. So our next question, how to stay positive while injured while your partner is doing well with their running? Yeah. Wow. So I, I suppose I assume this listener was, was meaning like life partner, but I guess it could also be a training partner perhaps. Um, yeah. Anyone who's close to you who might be experiencing success while you're injured is very hard. Um, so totally validate your feelings in that. Um, I, I, I don't know that this gets easier for me, but I vividly remember some, like, I don't really know what year it was, but I think it it was like a, um, during the fall one year I had an injury and I remember going to Franklin Park. It was back when I was in Boston. You were probably there, I bet too. Um, watching some of my Team New Balance Boston teammates run a cross country race there. And I just remember like it had been so hard for me because I just love cross country and was so sad that I couldn't race. And um, instead of like, I, I made a decision that like, I was going to combat the temptation toward jealousy by like just pouring myself into them. And like, and I don't know, like for me, that doesn't always feel really natural again, like at first, but I remember like, like after that race, I went, you know, and cheered for them. And like, I genuinely, because I like challenged myself to do it at first, like it just transformed me. Like I was like, now I genuinely feel so happy that like, you know, I think Liz won, like, like it was crazy. And I just was like, wow, like, this is so cool. Like, I really feel God helped me do that in my heart just to by like committing to like, just make it not about me and like, like kind of pushing through the rub of that at first. But then eventually, like, I do think it does change your heart, um, to channel your energy into the people around you. But that doesn't happen without also setting boundaries. So, uh, yeah, be sure to also set aside time for yourself to to do an activity, whether that's cross training or like just something that like brings you joy and gives you the energy to genuinely because it doesn't help if if you like are kind of faking it, you know. Um, so you, you do what you need to do so that you can like very genuinely pour into the people around you. Yeah, I totally resonate with both things you've spoken to. And I think I've said this before in past episodes, but making sure on days when you're supporting your partner's running, you know, when maybe you're watching a race of theirs or helping them with a workout, also prioritizing your own movement and your own cross training or whatever that day is you spoke to, Abby, fills your cup up. That's so, so important. So that when you're giving, you're not giving from a place of depletion, that you also feel a sense of fullness. And I think it's okay that it's, it's hard to stay positive um, when your partner's doing well and you're not. And so giving yourself a place to process the emotions that come up for you in that, and maybe that is journaling or having a trusted friend who's not your partner you can talk to about it or you explore therapy. Um, But I think in order to stay positive, we also have to be real with what's coming up for us in in that space in between. And so giving yourself that space to process is huge. 
and with your partner, finding ways to connect outside of running, you know, keeping as like, of course, everything's interconnected. So staying positive in your relationship to one another, celebrating one another outside of the gift of running. And this was one of my nerdy little suggestions. And I've, I've done this with my partner, but doing a gratitude list for one another. So being like, I'm going to write you five things I'm grateful for about you. Wow. And whether that could be the specific of that day or memories of your whole entire relationship or, you know, aspects of your personality, but just ways you guys can connect um, and love on one another and harness the positive bond of your relationship that's outside of the worth of your running. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. It can just challenge you to be more creative about like ways to appreciate each other. Totally. Um, And then something else I just thought of too, is really being honest with each other about like the reality, like with that other person, like saying just, this is hard for me, you know, like I, I, I don't, sometimes like I feel guilty about telling Jake when it's like, you know, when like I am in a hard place and it's hard for me to celebrate something that he's in, you know, like just being honest about that. Like I recognize that like, this is an ugly side of me, you know, but, but it is really hard for me to be positive. So like allowing just, yeah, being honest with that person. So they also know where they need to like, you know, when you set aside time to spend together doing some activity that they're not talking about their running, which they hopefully wouldn't do anyway, but like just that they're more sensitive to it. I so, so think that's so important. That honesty is crucial. Yeah. So our next question, oh, it's a good one. How to make cross training more enjoyable? LOL. <laughs> question of the century. <laughs> this is like literally the story of my life right here. <laughs> okay, Jules, I'm going to let you share with everyone. I have just so many thoughts on this of how to make cross training more enjoyable because it's also important to step back for a second. And if someone's listening to this and is not a runner, it's like, what is in your hierarchy of movement? What is your favorite way of movement? And for me and you, it's running is the higher, like at the highest. And so, okay, everything else then is cross training. And maybe for someone who's listening to this, CrossFit is on their number one. And what are the other things more enjoyable? But I think for me with cross training is figuring out like what I enjoy. So like what's in the hierarchy um, and what's like where its order is <laughs> and then what yeah. is accessible that day based on the weather, based on equipment. Um, and then also for me, because obviously I'm not a professional runner, like I don't enjoy doing workouts when I'm cross training. I know I have friends who love doing spin interval workouts, you know, cycling workouts. And that's not as fun to me. I enjoy more adventure bike rides and longer sessions. And so making cross training more enjoyable is just taking the pressure off, just getting outside on the bike for me. I recently borrowed my friend Molly's elliptigo, getting out on the elliptigo, like those are just enjoyable for me. And so doing them in a way that's not forcing myself to do anything, but it's actually like, oh, this time is a gift to get to do. Because I think when, if I was to, for me personally, I can speak to this, like if I was to force myself to do workouts when I'm cross training, I would start to resent the cross training. So it wouldn't be Mm -hmm. enjoyable anymore. And then I also think when we force ourselves to do things, 
it actually takes away your mental reserves of toughness that I believe you should save for times when you really need them. Like whether that's like, for me, that's when I'm someday hopefully get to race again. Um, And so those mental reserves, whether I do workouts when I'm or races and running, like that's more important for me to have those mental reserves. Whereas if I'm using it every day while I'm cross training, it's not going to be there is how I view it. That was one thing. Oh yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I'm going to pass the baton to you on this one. (laughs) Any ways to make cross training more enjoyable, cross training queen? Um, Okay, so I... I don't have like any super specific stuff here, but, but what I've, I mean, yeah, I think a lot of this, many people probably do already, but when I, when I remember to make a playlist, like, I don't actually do this that often. Like I sometimes just rely on Spotify and then I'm like a little bit resentful mid-workout that I could have spiced up my playlist a little bit more. Like it just... I'll literally be singing in the middle of my cross training session, which, you know, through a mask, whatever I need to do to express the joy um, of, yeah, just having good music. Um, yeah, just being planful with like playlists, podcasts, um, being flexible enough so that I can coordinate with friends if possible. Like I typically enjoy the routine element of my training, but like when I have decided to maybe cross train in the evening so that I can coordinate with someone or whatever, just like kind of be adaptable. I'm always thankful. Um, on days that I have to do it alone, just getting it done first thing, um, so that I can enjoy my day. And then this is something Jake has really challenged me to, uh, to do is setting up a reward system and like not feeling bad. Like, okay, when I finish the session, I'm going to go get a coffee out or at a coffee shop or like go pick up a scone or something, you know, where like just something small and fun that like I can look forward to. Like one thing that I love, I read one time, I don't know, maybe a year ago or something on Sarah Hall's blog is she puts candy in her sports bra. I thought this was the most amazing thing. I don't know if I told you about this. And she would like reward herself like after she finished an interval, like like Halloween candy from the kids or something. She'd like pick it out sports bra and like you know it's fuel and fun mid cross training workout um so I thought that's awesome I've done that with peppermint patties it works um another thing I do is bring note cards um of encouragement because I just feel like I need like a mantra or something so yeah I'll have like a quote or a verse or like people I'll I'll literally have like people that have supported me, like talk about gratitude lists, like I'm staring at that, you know, the whole time. Um, And then another key element is that we've talked about too, is not CrossFit training for longer than you need to. Like, you know, as we know, there can be, and I'm guilty of it too, of like thinking that you need to cross train double the volume, you know, to get the same workout, which I don't think is true at all. so yeah, cause that just leads to burnout. So be mindful, like with your coach, of course, or, you know, yourself, your support system, like how long do I need to go and maybe not go longer than that? <laughs> yeah. I love the idea of a reward system and the note cards. I have so, so many, I have so many thoughts, related thoughts to that. Um, 
is that I, um, in my office, which I'm in right now, which is where I have in the winter, my stationary bike, which is where I like, I'm on the indoor trainer. And I spent a lot of time last winter when I was, wasn't running much. I just created this board in front of the stationary bike that has all these Polaroids of pictures of people and my dog, obviously, from throughout my life. And I have pictures of deceased grandparents. And so when I'm in the winter, I'm already preparing because I know I'll be on the bike in the winter, is that I'll have this board of pictures to look at when I'm cross-training. And so speaking to, I love that you, Abby, have like a note card with someone's name, but even just bringing a picture of someone you love, like making it more enjoyable, dedicating it to them, or just feeling connected to them. And Another way that I like to make it special is similar to you, I do have certain playlists that I only save for cross-training times, like musical playlists. So it's not something I can just like listen to in the car. It's like when I'm working out. And so it feels a little bit more like a treat. And I also save Netflix shows for cross-training. So for example, the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, the amount of people that have told me I'm going to love it. I'm like, I'm waiting for winter 2021. You know, I've literally saved it for the bike trainer because I oh know my gosh. I'm going to need something to entertain me. So that's like for me is making it fun and special is actually like holding out on certain things and only saving those for cross training times. And then the last thing that I'd say is you spoke to earlier abs is connecting with friends for it, even if it's maybe not as convenient um, to your schedule. But could you aqua jog together? I remember you and Corey McGee, when you guys were teammates, you went aqua jogging Walden together, which was so sweet during a time of injury, you know, and this past weekend I got to bike ride with some friends and that was so lovely. Or could you do even just like doing a workout with your friend on Zoom? Um, Even if you're not in the same place, you both could do a core workout together or do a yoga class together on Zoom. Like there's just so many ways in which you can connect with community um, during times of injury that can make it more enjoyable. So those are my thoughts. And don't tell me to watch Michael Jordan's Last Dance because I'm saving it. I cannot believe you've had the discipline to wait on that. Oh, I'm so thrilled for you. You're going to have a fantastic winner. We're going to have a lot to discuss. <laughs> It'll be worth it. Let's take a quick break to share with all of you about today's sponsor, X Endurance. If you tune into Rue regularly, you know that I adore X Endurance as they make a range of health and nutrition products that support my training and recovery. Now, one of my favorite products that X Endurance makes are their collagen and greens protein powder. I mix in one generous scoop of collagen and greens in my smoothie post-exercising in the morning, and it just makes me feel like a boss. Why? Because collagen and greens have 16 grams of protein from 100% grass-fed collagen peptides and are packed with organic superfood greens like moringa, kale, spirulina, chlorella, acai berry, and goji berry. Collagen and greens is also optimal post-workout since collagen helps repair and replenish muscles, tendons, ligaments, and cartilage that are stressed during exercise. Now, to experience all of Exendurance products yourself, you can receive up to 10% off when purchasing it at shop.teamxnd.com slash running which is linked to in this episode's show notes. Okay, friends, let's get back to our conversation with Abby. So I think actually our final question here is, how do you better tune into your body to tell the difference between niggles and injuries? Wow. Okay, so for our listeners who might not be familiar with the word niggle, 
a niggle, I guess it's so funny. I don't know where that word originated. I wish I knew, but, um, a niggle, I guess would be defined as like a small, just something that gets inflamed. It pops up and it goes away quickly. Typically. Yeah. Small ache and pain. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay, I'll I'll get us started on this one. Um, so <laughs> I laughed out loud when I when I read this because um, it's so it's so like th- I just feel like this is like a constant struggle for me. I totally relate to it. Um, as I thought about it, I realized I think niggles are more likely to happen in unusual circumstances. Like t- like when I've traced back in my mind and had niggles, like it's usually when I'm in a season like right now, or I'm restarting after a break. I remember my first run after some weeks of like cross training and off. I was like, I I just was like, I hope no one can see me right now because this is embarrassing. Like, you know, everything just feels a little wonky. Um, Totally. So yeah. So restarting after a break, like things will just feel a little weird. Um, After doing something unusual, like being on my feet for a long time or, you know, if Jake and I have done a road trip, like it's normal to expect that your body's just going to, to, you know, be talking to you a little bit after something like that. Um, yeah. So I would just say that like, if you feel something because of those circumstances, I wouldn't panic, but, but at the same time, niggles do require our attention. You know, it's just like a yellow flag. Um, Liz Costello used to say that one of my old teammates, like, it's just letting you know that like this could turn into something without proper care. So like, you know, wise people in my circle have always said like better to take three days than three weeks, like just address it early. And then I think injury is more likely during high volume or intensity training, which I guess is kind of obvious, but um, I guess I don't, there are exceptions to this, but it usually happens more gradually. Like uh, the times that I've gotten injured, I just like experimented something new in my training and like was doing more than usual, which, you know, sometimes unavoidable to take calculated risks, knowing that that could happen. Um, But when I feel something like coming or during a high training block, I'm more likely to like see a practitioner or something right away instead of, you know, trying to treat it myself or like you can do both. I mean, you can, you can take, be a little bit cautious, but then also like, I'm just, I think more on alert during high seasons of training and, and aware that this could be an injury. So I, I really need to dial in my like, um, plan of plan of attack to help this get better right now. Yeah, I so appreciate your perspective on both of on that difference between niggles and injuries. I would add that for me, niggles, I feel like a niggle is not so much pain or discomfort that I'm actually, it feels like it's actually impacting my form. I feel like an injury usually mm. impacts your form is my, has been my personal experience. So when I'm noticing when I'm running that I'm altering my form or I'm changing the weight distribution between my right and left, that's when I'm like, that's a red flag. That's not a yellow flag. That's a bigger flag to me that I'm actually changing the way I'm running to compensate for something. Whereas a niggle is like, oh, I might be feeling this a little bit while I'm running, but I can also easily tune it out. 
and I might notice it after I run or a little bit during the run, but it's not a major, like it's not having a major impact on your form. That's always been like a, just kind of a big sign for me is can I feel like I can run free in my body? And when there's an injury, it's no, I can't. Like my body's not resilient where I can put even weight through both of my sides. And an eagle usually does not actually impact my weight distribution. That is a really astute point. Uh, yeah, I think that's a great way to categorize it. Like you, you're just guarding more totally. with an injury. And yeah, not only not only is that injury something that needs to be addressed, but also like has way more potential to create issues, other issues down the line. Exactly. Yeah. And I would also agree with you that it's always worth to address something early, whether that's niggles or an injury, never a bad idea to look at what's going on and to seek out help. Um, And I agree with you. Taking three days versus three weeks is always, always the best option. Yes. Amen. So those are some of our fun questions. And I just so appreciate everyone for asking them. I learn so much when I'm having to reflect and think about the questions. So I really, really appreciate everyone for sharing themselves. Yes, exactly. And, and I feel like that covered an expanse of topics that many of our listeners have dealt with. So yeah, yeah, very timely, I think for a lot of people. So what is next for you, Abs? How much longer in altitude? What are you envisioning with your training in your life? Where's the website at? Oh, yes. Every time. I love it. Um, So I, uh, let's see, today's the 22nd. Yeah, I'm here until October 11th. So three more weeks. Yeah, a little less than three more weeks here. Um, Yeah, I'm excited. Just this, as I think I've said, like, is in a time that I've been at altitude. I've never been in the fall before. So I'm just balancing like, the intent, uh, not really intensity, but the focus of a training camp while also recognizing it, it's September. So yeah, yeah. I just excited to enjoy that the next few weeks. Um, and then the website is okay. Since we last talked, a lot of progress has been made. Um, I just felt like I was like in like a cave or something during my time off doing it. Like there just was, um, it was good. I got some like m- much needed help from people who are savvy with Squarespace um, and was like finally did like just some of the grunt work of formatting and stuff like that. So at this point now, it's just fine tuning the mission statement um, of the site. And I haven't really decided if I'm going to have like an initial blog post or I'm going to, I have some old ones that I might put up just initially. So yeah, I have to make some smaller decisions. So that's really, I'm in a place right now where like Alexi's working during the day and so is Eric. So I have the people around me to help motivate me to continue to get it done. Yay. I can't wait to see. And after this altitude stint, do you have any races in mind or any ways like that you think you'll evaluate your training? Hmm. So I have heard that there will be a couple race opportunities early in December, actually track races, one in Nashville, which I think is a 10K. And then out in LA, I think there's going to be a 5K and a 10K. So I don't know uh, 
yeah, I don't know what will be, it might be better to run a 10 off of like strength, I, you know, more strength work. Um, been doing all these 10 Ks lately. <laughs> um, so we'll see. Yeah, I really would love another opportunity. And there might be like a road race in November um, in Virginia. So yeah, keeping our eyes peeled for that. If not, we'll probably do a time trial shortly after I get back. And hopefully the 10K that you do next will be a little bit colder. I mean, oh the gosh. one you did was can't imagine. in a sauna. Oh, Not yeah, an actual December sauna, be... but like it was a sauna in New England in July. Oh, man. Yeah, it just was like a little bit comical. But I'm still glad that I did it. And hopefully, yeah, Nashville in December might be perfect for a 10K. So, yeah, I'll be thrilled if we if we get that opportunity. I'm excited for you. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks, Jules. And tell us what's coming your way, too. Yeah, so big, big changes. Um, the thing that I was waiting to share with listeners till the end of the podcast is that I'm actually going to take a pause from the podcast for at least the next two months. So I restarted it in November 2019. So it's been 10 months of releasing a podcast almost every single week for the past 10 months. And I've just gotten to a place where I feel like I really need to reevaluate how I'm doing it. I'm trying to remember when this kind of thought came to mind. I think it was probably last month when my health stuff was really deteriorating. I was just being like, wow, I feel like my plate is way too full right now with my school, with internship. I've taken on some more private yoga teaching, dealing with my own health and relationships. And then the podcast, it was just like, whoa, I am feeling like there's just too much. And so taking a pause for the next two months at least is going to give me hopefully a time to recalibrate a little bit for the plate to feel a bit more manageable. And then I'm also really excited to just think about how I want to be doing the podcast. I think with COVID, um, I've transitioned to doing all of my interviews online, and that's actually been really challenging for me. I really, really miss the level of depth and trust that you build with someone in person. Like when we record, you and I, we're really close friends. So we have this trust already. But sometimes what listeners don't realize is when I'm hopping on a Skype interview with someone who they've never met me before, like in order for us to go deep and have a really impactful conversation, there has to be some level of trust established. And that's really hard to build with someone in an hour. And in turn, for me, I feel like the quality of those interviews and the product doesn't feel like what I've what I've created or what I want to create or what I feel like has maybe the level of impact that I would hope. And mm-hmm. so I'm just excited to kind of rethink of how I'm doing the podcast and do I want to continue to do it in this way. And so I would love listeners' feedback. I'm actually going to be making a little survey that will be in the show notes of this episode um, for listeners' feedback on the podcast and their experiences with listening. And um, I would be so, so, so grateful to get people's input on what they would want to see for the next step for the podcast. But I'm excited and nervous to to take a pause for at least two months. Wow. Yeah, Jules, I, I just think it's so cool that you're practicing what we've preached here, you know, like self-care and really listening to the things that like in some seasons, like aren't, as you would say, serving you, you know, um, and I have so much faith that you'll return when you're ready, refreshed. And yeah, hopefully there will be more opportunities in the coming months to to resume the in-person recordings because I totally, 
you know, as your good friend know that like that is where the magic is experiencing you in person. And I know that that's your joy is experiencing others in person. So um, I'm excited for for this time and then and then what's to come. Thank you, friend. I so, so appreciate it. And this 10 mile run with you over the past months has been one of my favorite parts of returning back to the podcast has been sharing yes. this together. So I'm very grateful for that. Yes, likewise. Such goodness. So we um, always end. Yes. <laughs> with the question. With a fun question because you and I have the tendency to always be deep. Okay, so I admittedly did not think about this beforehand. But um, because we're not meeting or, or won't be recording next month, I want to know what is maybe your favorite or most creative Halloween costume. I feel like had, I might have done. answered this before to you, but I'm going to, yeah, but oh I'm going to bring it back. Just, maybe we oh just no. talked about it off air. Have we? Oh, I apologize listeners. If we've already, no, that's okay. I don't remember. I'm so stoked on this costume. So I will tell this again. Okay. I was a present one year for my brother because his birthday is near Halloween. And so I went to like the UPS store and I bought a huge box and made a hole in the middle of it and like, I don't know, strapped it to my shoulders and I put wrapping paper all over it and a bow on my head. And it was just so much fun to be a present. The only problem was walking up and down stairs was really challenging <laughs> because the box was freaking huge. So I'd have to have like my brother go get the candy for me and then bring it back to me. But that was for sure like my most creative Halloween costume. There was no getting through doorways. Oh my gosh, what, that uh, is such a good visual. Yeah, what about you? Um, I don't remember. You were there, I think, when we hosted a Halloween party, like the one, it's so funny that we hosted this Halloween party. I feel like my roommates and I, um, back in 2015, I want to say it was, um, we had just moved into a new apartment. And anyway, we had some friends over for Halloween and I had borrowed a costume that my dad made. My dad, like, kind of surprisingly has like really like some years he's really gotten into ha Halloween. Anyway, one year he was a levitating genie. Like he, so my dad's an engineer and he literally like spent all this time, like buying the right supplies and like building this costume with like, like he literally like built a table that he like strapped his shoulders. And there was like a, you know, like a platform where he put, like he dressed up as a genie, but then he like built like, like legs so that it looked like the the genie was like sitting like levitating and then there was like a they, he like draped a you know sheet or something like over the table so it looked like that those were his actual legs it was so insane and creative and like awesome and then it was he did it one year and then it was sitting in the the closet for a while and I was like oh my gosh this this we need to dust off this costume and I wore it um, for this party. And again, it was like super, you know, like couldn't get around, but ended up breaking halfway through. So I just was like, I mean, it was still worth it for the first 10 minutes of success. But um, yeah, Levitating Genie is probably, thanks to my dad, my most impressive costume. I love it. Good job, Eric. <laughs> so if you were on a road trip and 
you didn't have Spotify or an iPhone. There was only a CD thing that you could put a CD into. And you had to put one album into it. And it can't be a mixtape. What like CD or what artist would you want to listen to for the road trip? Let's say it's a 10-hour road trip because I'm really into the number 10, apparently, on this episode. <laughs> 10's a good number. So one oh, album. I love this question. What album? Yeah. Oh, man. This is like a really important question because I – I have like a probably unusually low tolerance for repetitive music. So this is like a really important question. Um, My mind goes to, I listen to a lot of worship music. um, So I think that like wouldn't get old. I can't really think of like a particular artist though. Like my mind first went to like a John Mayer actually. Like I love, oh, since I, since I was young, like I've loved just the soulful nature. I feel like of John Mayer's music, I'm not like, I'm not as big a fan of some of his more recent albums. I think that album is called Continuum, uh, which came out, I don't even know, maybe like 15 years ago or something at this point, but that is so soothing and nostalgic for me. I think I'd go with that. Oh, cool. I have to listen to it. Yeah. How about you? Well, this episode, or excuse me, this question was born out of an actual experience I had. When I drove across country to Oregon, when I moved to Oregon in 2015, the old Subaru I was driving in didn't have any like USB port and you couldn't plug. There was no tape player. So there was literally the only way to listen to music, unless you wanted to just listen to it from your phone, was to put a CD in. And so I brought two Trevor Hall CDs because Trevor Hall is one of my favorite artists. And his album, Green Mountain State, is one of my favorite albums ever. Slash, the night before I left for the road trip, I went to see Trevor Hall in concert and got to interview him for my podcast. Most nervous I've ever been to interview anyone back when I interviewed dudes. Um, And so, yeah, long story short, Green Mountain State, Trevor Hall, all the way, and actually did probably listen to that album like hundreds of times driving from Boston to Oregon. So, yeah. Do you think you could recite the lyric to every one of those songs at this point? If you were to play, like if you were to play the songs, I could sing along for sure. I'm not the greatest of just like having the lyrics appear out of thin air but if the song is on i know all the songs yes yeah with the melody for sure so good for sure yeah yeah oh those were fun thanks jules and so is this whole episode i yeah like you said before like i'm always personally gifted and challenged by these questions so i'm gonna keep trying to apply our advice (laughs) to myself as well this week and this month So thank you guys for your questions. Yes. And thank you, Abby, for this 10 mile run. Many more miles to come. Love you. Love you too. This podcast was made possible with the support from my friends at Platinum Physical Therapy. Platinum PT have three locations outside of Boston and have been a major contributor in my ability to run healthy this year. I started working with James Cassidy, the founder of Platinum PT, back in January, and I have been blown away by the holistic care and improvements I've seen. 
Platinum PT have a range of services outside of PT, including an Altergy, dry needling, and full telehealth capabilities for those who aren't based locally. So you can gain access to their team of incredible professionals from anywhere in the world. If you're in an injury rut right now, or you just want to get stronger in your sport, check out PlatinumPTMA.com for more information on all of their services and book an appointment today. This podcast was also made possible with the support from my friends at X-Endurance. X-Endurance makes a range of delicious and high-quality products to support your daily training and health. I've been using a range of their products to help my immune system and help me recover, and their Collagen and Greens protein powder is one of my absolute favorites. I incorporate one scoop post-workout and know that I'm giving my body what it needs to recover and rebuild. To experience Collagen and Greens or any of their other amazing products, you can receive up to 10% off when purchasing it at shop.teamxnd.com slash runningonome, which is linked to in this episode's show notes. By supporting sponsors of the podcast, this allows me to keep sharing these amazing conversations with women like Abby. Thank you, thank you to all those who will check out Platinum PT and X Endurance. If this Soul Sister Sessions episode from today resonated, or if you have any follow-up questions or thoughts, reach out to Abby and I on Instagram. If you have a friend or family member who's struggling with an injury right now, and you think today's conversation would be helpful, please share it with them. And as I shared at the end of my conversation with Abby, I'm planning to take a pause from the podcast for at least two months. I would love your feedback on the podcast, including what your favorite aspects are, how I can improve it, and more. If you have two minutes to give me your input, I would be forever grateful. And you can take an anonymous survey at runninganome.com slash survey, which I'll also link to in this episode show notes. Your feedback will be paramount to the next chapter and evolution of this podcast. Thank you, thank you to the incredible podcast team that's made Rue a reality. That's Nick Errol for podcast management, Tim Briggs for design, John Summerford for audio production, Caitlin Murray Minor Ong for illustration and my album artwork. Thank you, thank you to this team. Thank you, yes, you for listening. Lots of love and gratitude. 